tonight. Amen. We're talking about growing in doctrine. Amen. Growing in apostolic doctrine. Amen. John chapter 7, verse 16 and 17. Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but is his that sent me. If any man will do his will, he should know the doctrine. Whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Amen. The doctrine, the doctrine. Amen. It is important. Amen. So we have been studying this topic and last week was talking about understanding the value and importance of speaking sound doctrine. Amen. Doctrine becomes a part of you. Doctrines becomes your life. Amen. Uh, as you begin to study the word of God, you want to look for the things that Jesus and the apostles taught because you want to be able to capture that and, and get an understanding of how that applies to your life. And so, therefore, you're going to go out. When you go out, you are going out as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Isaiah 43, you want to go there, verse 10 through 12. Isaiah 43, verse 10 through 12. The Lord says, you are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servants whom I have chosen. That you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Notice, not only must we be believers, but we must understand why we believe what we believe. And have an understanding of why we're teaching what we're teaching. Okay? So the Lord said, you are my witnesses so that you understand. Amen. That I am he. Before me there was no God formed, and neither shall there be after me. I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I have declared, and have saved, and I have showed when there was no strange God among you. Therefore you are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I and God. So now, why would he want us to understand this, that he's God? Be a peace about it? Be a witness? What am I going to witness? I'm going to witness who he is. Say, and everything that we do revolves around that knowledge and understanding of who he is. I cannot teach true apostolic doctrine if I don't know who it's about. If I am not clear in my understanding in my mind of who he is and what he came to do and why I am to teach what I'm about to teach, then nobody's going to believe me. See, I have to live what I believe. It must be a part of my life. You know, it's got to grow in us. 
See, the more we grow in Christ, the more Christ is revealed in us. The more God's Word that goes into us, the more God's Word is going to be reflected on the outside of us. See, that's what was inside of the ark had to be what was on the outside of the ark. The ark had to be sealed within and without. If I am sealed with the Holy Ghost inside, the evidence of the Holy Ghost should be reflected on the outside. Amen. The love, the joy, the peace, the long-suffering, the gentleness, the goodness, the faith, the meekness, and temperance should be seen outwardly. See? So if I'm going to tell you about Jesus, i got to believe everything I'm telling you about Jesus. If I tell you Jesus walks on water, i got to believe he walks on water. If I tell you Jesus will save, I better believe that Jesus will save. You know, that's why Jesus says all things is possible to him that can believe. So I have to get this deep down inside of me and realize that if I'm going to prepare you, I've got to prepare me. See, so the apostles in Jesus, you know, this is one subject, the oneness of God and, and, and understanding Jesus as his deity was, was, was power priority one for the apostles. See, because they knew that everything flows from that knowledge and understanding. If you never know who he is, nothing else ain't gonna fit the puzzle. You will struggle and you walk. You will struggle with trying to build your life godly and holy and righteous because you don't know who he is. The revelation of the truth will make you free. And if the Son make you free, you're free indeed. Okay, Matthew 24, 24. See, so if we're going to carry out the gospel, we have to have the truth of the word. For there shall rise false crises and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they would deceive the very elect. So Jesus is saying there's going to rise false crises and false prophets, and, and they're going to do signs and wonders, you know. And that seemed to hear lately, I, I've noticed in the past few years across the church line uh, of all, all denominations, it seemed to be this push for signs and wonders. You know, everybody is saying, we need to have more signs, we need to have more wonders, things need to be happening in the church. Well, if that happens, can you discern true from error? See, you have to be able to know truth from error. Because Jesus says, if not, the very elect could be deceived. So this is why it's important, as Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show yourself approved unto God, workmen that needeth not be ashamed, rightly divide the word of truth. See, we have to have a relationship with God. We have to study. We've got to spend time with him so that we know. Jesus says, my sheep know my voice, and I am known of them. See? So I want to be led by the Spirit, not by my emotions. A lot of people are led by emotions, and so we have to be aware that false crises and false prophets 
in the last days are going to rise. They're going to come up. Amen. But if you know the doctrine, if you know the truth of God's word, you can stand. Okay. Mark 13, 22 to 23, same passage of scripture. For false Christs shall, and false prophets shall rise and shall show signs and wonders to seduce if it were possible even the elect. But take heed. Behold, I have foretold you all things. So he's already told us it's going to come. Now what should we do? We should prepare. If I know something's coming against me, I should be preparing for it. Say, I can't sit back and let it catch me by surprise. Matthew 24, 5. For many shall come in thy name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Luke 24, 46-48. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behoove Christ to suffer and to raise from the dead the third day, that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name amongst all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these things. See, so to be that witness that God is really wanting you to be, you got to know. You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servants whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me that I am he. So all the doctrines... All the teachings flow from this understanding of Jesus. And without controversy. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received back up in to glory. So if I'm going to teach doctrine of love, if I'm going to teach doctrines of healings, if I'm going to teach doctrine of restoration, if I'm going to teach doctrine of, just name it, in the church, godliness, holiness, what am I going to teach? No matter what I teach, it's going to be centered around the key theme, Jesus Christ. See, it's all got to be about him. Somehow, your teaching, you've got to get him in there. See, if not, it's, it's not going to gel. See. You're going to have to put him in the center. You're going to have to build him to a point to where people understand what you're talking about. See? Because if not, it's never going to flow. See? Jesus has got to be the center. The gospel, the death. The burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the ends of the earth. 
say, Mark 16, 15, Go ye therefore and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Then these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. They drink any daily things should not harm them or hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So we, we've got to know the doctrine. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.12, he said, Let no man spies thy youth, but be thou an example of the believer in word and conversation and charity and spirit and faith and purity. He says, Until I come, give attendance to exhortation, to doctrine. Notice, give attendance to doctrine. In other words, study the doctrine. Study the things that you have been taught. Study the things that makes for sound life, godliness, holiness, purity, separation. is got to be taught. You've got to learn it. You've got to apply it if you're going to grow. You only grow if you study and prepare yourself. Amen. He says, continue thou in the things. Give yourself wholly to them. Because you do those things, you should never fall. See, you you will live, and you will save everybody else that hears it from you. What's the overall goal for you going out to tell somebody about the gospel for? So that they can be saved. See, but if I don't know it, how am I going to teach them? People have got many questions. So you've got to have the answer inside of you. This is why Peter says you need to be ready to give an answer of every man to ask you of the hope that's in you with fear and trembling. You've got to be ready. You've got to have it inside of you. You've got to believe this. Think about where you were. Your testimony is key and important. That's why Revelation said they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. You were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. The blood was applied to your life. And now your testimony of what God does for you, you can overcome the enemy. You know where you were. You know what you was doing. You know everything about yourself. And God reached down and he poured you out. As David said, he set my feet on a rock and established my going. So I've got to now go forth and teach the same thing. That's why when Paul stood in Mars Hill, you know, he was quiet for a few days. And then they said, we're going to see what this babbler will say. And he says, I beheld your devotion. And I saw your altar to the unknown God whom you ignorantly worshipped. He says, I'm going to declare him to you. Amen. And so he begins about what? Telling them who Jesus Christ was. Because neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name in the heaven given unto men whereby we must be saved. See? So we have to know him. Amen. So the Hebrew word for witness is aid. A-Y-D. Aid. And so this word means 
a witness, a testimony, a recorder, a prince. Hmm. Or to give warning. To give warning. So think about it. So you are to give warning. You are to bring an understanding. You are to be a reflection of the witness, your testimony. What did God do for you? You know, the easiest thing for you to be able to explain is who you are. You know, when I was in the Army, I used to get guys come to the promotion board, and the first thing I say is, tell me about yourself. You'd be surprised how many people freeze up. <laughs> they, they go into the study like they don't know who they are or where they came from. The easiest things you should be able to rattle off is who you are. How old you are, what your name is, where you live, <laughs> you know, where you work, whatever. Those are basic things that you do every day. You know, where you went to school. You know, the, the simple things, you should be able to just rattle it right off. You shouldn't have to study with that. You know? Grandkids' names, <laughs> you know, your kids' names, you know, stuff like that. So being in the church, it should be no different. If, if somebody asks you what you believe, it should be a common given. Boom. Why? Because it should be a part of your life. You know what God has done for you. You know. Nobody can, you know, they can dispute what God did for you all day long. It ain't going to change. You know, that's what Paul says in Romans 3, 3 and 4. He says, what if some did not believe? He says, the faith of God, you know, if their unbelief make the faith of God without effect. He says, God forbid. He says, you let God be true and you let every man be a liar. Say. God can't change who he is. He's going to always be faithful. He's going to be faithful until he comes again. See? So God is truthful. So we need to understand that. So we are his witnesses. Amen. We are witnesses that I am he. There is only one God. Amen. Revelation twelve eleven. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Amen. Matthew twenty-eight twenty. Teach them to observe all things whatsoever I command you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the ends of the world. Amen. See, the, 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 the scriptures are, are divinely inspired. That's why a lot of people, it's not going to make sense. If they're not born again of the water and the spirit, the, the Bible ain't going to make sense to them. They will argue with you all day long. See? So you can waste your time standing there arguing with them, or you can just let the Word of God speak for itself. See? As Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, he said, I have not seen and ear have not heard and neither have it entered into the hearts of men the things which God has prepared for them that love him. See? If you want to turn there real quick, 
we're just going to walk just a little bit real quick here, and then we're going to get into it. Amen. Verse 14, the natural man received not the things of the Spirit of God, but their foolishness unto him. See, notice, people that are not born again, this is foolish. The way you dress, the way you conduct yourself, they're, they're foolish. It doesn't make sense to people. Okay? For they are foolish to him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who have known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. See, when we have the Spirit of God in us, Jesus said it will lead you and guide you and bring you to all truth. So the darkness of the oneness is key and essential so that everything else begins to fit together in your life. Amen. So so don't try to spend a lot of time with arguing with people because it just will frustrate you. Say, it, 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 the enemy's goal is to try to make you think that what you believe is not true. Say, Peter says, this know also that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation, but holy men of God spake as they was moved by the Holy Spirit. You know, Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse, uh, I mean chapter 3, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for teaching, doctrine. See? And Jesus prayed for the disciples in the garden. He says, I'm not praying for them only, but I'm praying for all those that will believe on me. What? Through their words. See, through their words, whatever they bring. See, because the disciples was designed to go forth and to preach the gospel. And when we believe, then we are now commanded to what? Go teach and preach the same doctrine. It doesn't change. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, so we have to be able to understand the oneness of God and the truth of who Jesus Christ is so that we can expound these things to others as we go forth in our teaching and our growing in the things of Almighty God. There is none like God. Exodus chapter 8, verse 8 through 10. Exodus chapter 8. Exodus chapter 8. Everybody got it? Okay. Old Testament. (laughs) Second book in the Bible. Got it, Jesse? Amen. Chapter 8, verse 8.
Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Entreat the Lord that he may take away the frogs from me and from my people, and I will let the people go that they may do sacrifice unto the Lord. And Moses said unto Pharaoh, Glory over me, when shall I entreat for thee and for thy servant and for thy people to destroy the frogs from thee and the house and thy house, that they may remain in the river only? And he said, Tomorrow. And he said, Be it according to thy word, that thou mayest know that there is none like the Lord our God. There is none like the Lord. Who is like the Lord? There's none. Jehovah, self-existence, eternal. Amen. Almighty God. Exodus 15:11. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious and holiness, fearful in praise, doing wonders? Who is like the Lord? Amen. There is none like him. Praise God. And so we need to understand, because there is none other, and there is none he can be likened unto, we need to know him. Amen. We've got to know him and his deity and his fullness. Psalm 89, verse 5 and 8. And the heavens shall praise thy wonders, O Lord, thy faithfulness also in the congregation of the saints. For who in heaven can be compared unto the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened unto the Lord? God is great to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be had in reverence of all them that are about him. O Lord God of hosts, who is a strong Lord like unto thee, or to thy faithfulness around about thee, Psalms 89, 5 and 8. Who is like him? See, well, the more you study him, the more you know him, you will get to understand him. You will understand his deity. You understand his attributes and how he, they apply amen, in our lives as well. He's the almighty God. He's the bread of life. He's the comforter. He's the door, the everlasting life, the faithful one, the holy one, the indwelling spirit, the just king, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the master. That song we just sung a few minutes ago. The mighty God is Jesus. The Prince of Peace is He. The everlasting Father. The King eternally. The wonderful in wisdom by whom all things were made. The fullness of the Godhead. And Jesus is displayed. And without controversy. Amen. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. For in him dwell all the fullness of the Godhead. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost is all in Jesus Christ. See? And this is why we have to teach the truth. The gospel, the doctrine of Jesus, the doctrine according to what? Godliness. See? We have to have this understanding. There's none like Him. There is one God. Amen. Praise God. Isaiah 46, 3, 5. Isaiah 46. Hearken unto me, O house of Jacob, and all the remnants of the house of Israel. 
which are born by me from the belly, which are carried from the womb, and even to your old age I am he. Jesus says in John 8, 24, if you don't believe that I'm he, you're going to die in your sins. <laughs> See, you don't want to die in your sins. Because the wages of sins are death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I am he. And ever to hoary heads are false to hear when I carry you. I have made, I will bear, even I will carry and will deliver you. To whom will you liken me and make me equal and compare me that we may be like? Amen. Who can you compare God to? You have somebody say, who's the opposite of Jesus? It ain't the devil. Please don't ever say that. <laughs> there is no opposite to God. <laughs> Yeah, some people say, yeah, you know, the devil is the opposite. No, he isn't. (laughs) There's none like him. He's not equal to any. He's greater. He's bigger than all my problems. He's bigger than all my fears. He's bigger than anything that I can and cannot see. Amen. The heavens declare the glory of the Lord, and the firmaments show his handiwork. There's none like him. Don't try to compare him to any. There is none. Amen. You remember in the Bible when they brought Dagon in and set it next to the Ark of the Covenant and came in the next morning, where was he at? He's on his face. Because the Bible says that the name of Jesus, every knee must bow and every tongue to confess. Even a full statue just went out. Boom. Amen. There's none like him. There's one God. Mark 12, 29 through 30. <clears throat> and Jesus answered. The first of all, the commandment says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. How much do you love God? You love God more than anything. Well, the indicator of spiritual growth is how much you love God. If he's not first, uh, your heart might be reflecting that you don't love him. See, you've got to realize nothing, as Paul said, should be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. See, nothing, nothing should be able. See, that's just why the doctrine of love is so key and so essential. See, notice what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13. Although... I speak with the tongues of what? Men and angels and have not charity or love. What am I? I'm just uh, becoming as a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. I'm making noise. Verse 2, although I have the gift of prophecy and Understand all mystery and all knowledge, and though I have all faith as to move mountains and have not charity, I'm, I'm nothing. Verse 3. Although I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profited me nothing. Charity suffereth long. You got any long suffering? 
I think it came with your Holy Spirit called patience. <laughs> Charity suffer it long, long suffering, and is kind. And charity envy it not. We're not envious. James says where envy and strife is, is what? Every confusion work. Charity vaunt not itself, is not puffed up, does not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not our own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Believeth all things, beareth all things, hopeth all things, doeth all things. Charity never fails. Jesus never fails. Remember that song? Jesus never fails. So you might as well get thee behind me, Satan. You cannot prevail. Called Jesus never fails. God is love, First John 4, 8. See? So, the greatest commandment is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you must love him. See? God is love. So, if I'm going to teach about love, guess what? i got to get God in there somewhere. <laughs> you know, because why? Love is the bond of perfectness. Scripture says, say, so I can't teach you about the doctrine of love unless I'm going to tell you about Jesus. Because he's love. He's the glue that holds the thing together. If your marriage ain't together, then check the love. Where is Jesus? <laughs> you know, I'm sure you heard the story about the two boys was cutting up and, and so the, the parents wanted to scare them so they took the, the boys and said, you'll go and see the pastor. So they brought the one boy in to see the pastor and he walked in and so the pastor decided to put a little fear in him. The pastor says, where's Jesus? The boy straightened up. The pastor said, I said, where's Jesus? And the boy just <laughs> kind of backed up. The pastor come out again, I said, where is Jesus? And the little boy ran out the office and caught the other guy and said, you better run, man. Jesus is missing, and they think we took it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I can't teach you about love if I don't teach you about him. Because God is love. And he's the bond of perfectness. And as John said, beloved, if God loved us, we ought to love one another. Because there's no fear in love. But perfect love casteth out fear. See, this is why when the doctrine of love is taught, any marriage seminar that you go through, if you've ever been at them, usually they're going to tell you about Jesus. Because they want you to understand that God is love, and so therefore it puts you in the center with God. Because if I can get people in their marriage relationships to hold tight to Jesus, if I can get both of them holding tight to Jesus, guess what? The marriage is going to be intact. It'll be solid. It'll be strong. See? 
And that's why it's important that we teach the doctrine of love. See? Because if I teach the doctrine of love and to love thy neighbor as thyself and I talk about Jesus, you know what it's going to do in the church? It's going to cause us to love one another even more. You begin to realize you are my brother. You are my sister. See? Because we are connected with him. All pieces fit together unto the Lord. Amen. There's one God. Amen. And we must love him. As Moses told the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 8, he says, God didn't choose you because you was more than anybody else. He said, God chose you because he loved you. And if God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, then we should love each other. As well. Amen. Praise God. Mark 12, 32-33. And the scribe said unto him, Well, Master, thou have said the truth, for there is one God, and there is none other but he. And to love him with all thy heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the soul, and with all the strength, And to love thy neighbor as thyself is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. It's more than all the sacrifices. It's to love God and love our neighbors as ourselves. Amen. Deuteronomy 4, verse 33 through 35. Did ever people hear the voice of God speaking out of the midst of the fire? And thou hast heard and lived. Or has God essayed to go and take him a nation from the midst of another nation by temptations, by signs, and by wonders, and by war, and by a mighty hand, and by outstretched arm, and by great terrors, according to all that the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes? Unto thee it was shown that thou mightest know that the Lord, he is God, and there is none beside him. See, that's why God does things in our life. He wants us to know. They ain't, nobody else can do what he does. Amen. You know people, I know people, I even know me, <laughs> how he delivered me. <laughs> Man couldn't do that. Amen. You tell me, you know, they have to have a drink every day, and then all of a sudden you get baptized, and the next day you you quit. Right. Ain't went no 12-step program. <laughs> I took 12 step from the baptism to the altar, filled with the Holy Ghost. That was it. That's my problem about how far my baptism was to the altar, about 12 steps. <laughs> and I was delivered just like that. Any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love him with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. Think about this. Daily devotions are key and essential in your house. You need to spend time teaching the word of God. Amen. When you sit in the house and when you're by the way, 
and when you liest down, and when you rises up, and thou shalt bind them as signs upon thy hand, and as frontless between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thine house and on thy gate. Isaiah 44, 6, Thus saith the Lord, King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. Amen. The Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the living word incarnate, the helpless sinner, friend, our wisdom and perfection, our righteousness and power. All you need is Jesus. You find him this very hour because he's as close as the mention of his name. Amen. Revelation. Amen. Chapter. I mean, excuse me. First. Well, yeah. Revelation 1, 8 and 11. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, said the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come. The Almighty. Amen. I, John, who also are your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of the Lord Jesus, was in the isles of the, that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as a trumpet said, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in the book, and sent it to the seven churches which are in Asia, and to Ephesus, and Smyrna, and Pergamos, and Thyatira, and Sardis, and to Philadelphia, the church of brotherly love, and Laodicea. Notice, what the first, and I am the last, said the Lord. See? So once we understand who he is, and there's none like him, we can teach all kinds of stuff. See, as long as I keep him in the center. See, that's why I can teach the doctrine according to godliness. See, what is the doctrine according to godliness? Well, it's pretty simple. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 1 through 5, he says, Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor. That the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. And they that have believed in masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather do them service because they are faithful and beloved partakers of the benefits. These things teach and exalt. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing but doubting about questions and scribes of words, whereof come envy, strife, railing, evil surmising, perverse disputing, men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness from such Turn away. So notice what Paul is teaching Timothy. He says, look, you need to teach that leaders are to be respected. Just because, you know, they are over you and you've got the Holy Ghost. He said, don't you disrespect them. See, he uses a a passage here to show that, you know, they had masters. And so if their master got saved, and they were saved, they was to still respect. See, there's a level of respect there. Spiritual leadership must always be respected. 
See, just because you have the Holy Ghost and I have the Holy Ghost, when God chooses people, you've got to respect that. Don't ever think you're higher. Don't ever think you're on the same level. You're not. See, like I told the men at district at, at the at the men conference, you know, Brother Booker, I'm older than he is. See, but he is chosen to be the district superintendent. We served on the district board together. I would be, as I told the men, I would be an absolute fool to disrespect him and to not hold him in high esteem because God chose him, not man. God, man voted, but God, God selected him. So I would be a fool not respect him and to keep him lifted up and edified. Say. Because that's what teaching in the church should be, is you have to learn how to respect those that God put over you. Because if not, God will jerk the rug out from under you so quickly, it'll make your head swim. Look at, look at Exodus. Go to Exodus real quick here. Go to Exodus chapter 16. We got about five minutes. Exodus chapter 16. I mean, numbers, excuse me, numbers, numbers, excuse me, my mistake. Numbers chapter 16. Now Korah and the sons of Ezahar and the sons of Korhath, the sons of Levi and Dothan and Abraham and the sons of Eliab and On and the son of Peleth, the sons of Reuben, took men and they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. And they gathered themselves against Aaron and Moses and said unto them, You take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy. Every one of them and the Lord is among them. Wherefore then lift you up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. And when Moses heard it, he fell upon his face. And he spake unto Korath and to the, all his company, saying, Even tomorrow the Lord will show who are his and who is holy and will cause him to come near to him. Even him whom he hath chosen will he cause to come near to him. Jump over to verse 23. And the Lord spake unto Moses, and speak unto the congregation, saying, Get you up from about the tabernacle of Korah, Dothan, and Abram. And Moses rose up and went up to Dothan and Abram, and the elders of Israel followed him. And he spake unto the congregation, said, Depart, I pray you, from the tents of these wicked men, and touch nothing of theirs, lest ye be consumed in all their sins. So they got up from the tabernacle of Korah, Dothan and Abram, on every side. And Dothan and Abram came out and stood in the door of their tents and their wives and their sons and their little children. And Moses said, Hereby you shall know that the Lord hath sent me to do all these works, for I have not done them of mine own mind. If these men die the common death of all men, 
or if they be visited after the visitation of all men, then the Lord have not sent me. But if the Lord make a new thing, and the earth open her mouth and swallow them up with all their that pertaineth unto them, and they go down quick into the pit, then you shall understand that these men have provoked the Lord. And it came to pass, as he had made an end of speaking all these words, that the ground claved as under that was under them, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up, and their houses, and all the men that appertaineth unto court, and all their goods. So we see, you know, the, the teaching is we have to learn respect. That's the doctrine of Jesus Christ. That's the teachings of the apostles. The doctrine according to godliness, godliness, holiness, modesty, innocent, morally blameless, holy. Why? Because God is holy. See? And so if we say we are holy, if we say we know him, then we have to obey his word and understand his word and live according to his word. Because if not, we're out of line. See, you can't have more than one head. So you have to learn how to respect authority that is placed over you. Because if not, God will not be well pleased. And so why do we need that? Paul tell us in Ephesians 4. Go to Ephesians 4 real quick. Ephesians chapter 4. I therefore, verse 1, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you are worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering. Bearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called and one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he said when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it? But first he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. And that he that descended is the same that also ascended far above the heavens, that he might fill all things and have given some apostles, some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto the perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and the cunning of craftiness whereby they lay and wait to deceive, but speak the truth in love, may grow up unto him and all things which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together 
and compact by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, make an increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Notice, amen, it's all together, unity of the body, amen. We don't want to do anything to break the unity of the body. We don't want to give the enemy any room to work. Not in your life, not in my life, not in the church, not in anybody else's life. We have to learn the unity of the body. Amen. There's one Lord, there's one faith, there's one baptism, there's one God and Father of all, who's above all, through all, and in you all. So if he's there and you know him, then these things are simple. You know you don't do that kind of stuff. You don't do anything to disrespect God. You must love Him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, because He has your best interests at heart. Amen. So the doctrine according to godliness, purity, holiness. Why? You have to flip the coin. God is holy. <laughs> See? God is holy. He's a holy God. And if we say we're his, that's what? We have to be holy. We gotta be right. We gotta be pure. We gotta be perfect. We gotta be blameless. Real easy stuff when you love him. See? Don't let false doctrine pull you away. Notice what Paul says. We don't want to allow false doctrine to come in and pull you away. We want to teach you so that you can able to stand firm in the storms and things of life that comes against you. And everything flows from that understanding of who Jesus is. And when you know him, there's none like him. Amen. There's one God. Holy, righteous, pure, faithful is he that's called you. And faithful he will be to the end. Amen. You want to be able to hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Amen. Amen. Father, we exalt you again tonight. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your goodness, O God. Thank you for your word tonight, O God. Strengthen us, O God. Let us be a reflection of you in all that we do, God. You are the great I am, the way, the truth, the life, and the door, God. You are Lord and Lord of all. Touch your people, Lord. Bless them. Keep them. Direct them and guide them in all their lives, O God. Let the word be a part of them in everything that they do, God. Let them have clear understanding of wisdom and knowledge and understanding that they may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you. See everybody Sunday morning.